This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian Dullinger, and I'm playing with food. If you recall your middle school history, some European explorers happened upon what are now the Americas while in search of a faster trade route to the wide world of spices in Asia. In the 15th century, spices from the Middle East and Asia were used as medicines as well as food, and the spice traders were wealthy. What the explorers didn't know was that going west didn't get them to the east any quicker. Now, with a global market for just about everything, we get to enjoy spices from all of the continents right in our homes. And the Central Coast has its very own spice trader, a purveyor of origin-sourced, high-quality spices based in Paso Robles, like a 21st-century Californian-style Persian spice market. Hi, my name is Lori Foster, and I'm owner of Spice of Life here in Paso Robles. I'm a herbalist and spice purveyor and enjoy what I do. Spice purveyor, I'm standing here in your store surrounded by a bunch of spices. This is great. So are all of these spices sourced here on the Central Coast? No, not at all. They come from all over the world. They come from India, Jamaica, France, Italy, all over, wherever they're native from. Spice route a long time ago, they sourced them from all over the world. So that's, that's where we do. How did you get started sourcing spices? And where do you even start when you say, I want a really nice paprika that I can't get at any of the grocery stores. Well, it all started with my spice blends. So I make custom blends here, and I wanted to create spice blends that were easy to use, that were healthy, that didn't have a bunch of fillers, just really high quality. So it all started with making spice blends. When my kids all grew up, moved out, and they were doing their thing, you know, college and stuff, I wanted to start my own business do something that I was passionate about, something that I love and that I was going to enjoy. And cooking's always been a big part in my life. Grew up in a large Italian family, always in the kitchen, helping my grandparents and my parents. Then having my own family, cooking was very central. And we would sit down at the dinner table together and have our meals. And that had a deep meaning for me inside. So as I was looking at what was going on, and how busy everyone's lives are with their kids and running soccer and homework. And I know that fast food has become very popular. A lot of people are grabbing fast food. The health of children and people have started to diminish, I would say. So my goal was to be able to provide a spice blend that was easy for people to use. They could come home from their busy day, shake the spice blend on chicken or vegetables and have it a clean product, something that was going to be easy for them to use and have a success on the faces of their family as far as eating good foods. What that does is it encourages people to cook at home, come around the dinner table together and have their meals. And so that was kind of a root reason why I started my business. And then it's just gone off in so many different tangents and I've enjoyed it. But It's really about helping people cook successfully at home in a healthy way. So in order to do that, I needed to find really good spices. So I spent quite a bit of time looking at the different areas as far as how to source spices. I work with two or three different distributors who get them from all over the world, and they have the resources in order to test and make sure that the spices that are coming into the country are clean. They're non-irradiated, they're not cut with anything. So I work primarily with those distributors and I'm not just getting them all over willy-nilly line and things. That's really how I got started is really developing a relationship with these distributors, finding out their practices and their quality control. 
being very comfortable with sourcing it. And then once I did that, then creating my own spice blends. It's really important for me to source my spices properly and clean, and I have a lot of my customers that trust me. You have some open here, but yeah. do, is that just to get the aroma in the room or? It's for people to come in and smell the different spices. It definitely helps with the aroma in here, but we're always mixing spices back there and making teas and doing things. So it smells great in here anyways, but it's mostly for people to be able to say, oh, what's this? Pick it up, smell it, envision what that might be good on, or we have a lot of suggestions, just to be able to experience a part of what it's gonna taste like. Because, you know, as we know, the senses is when we eat, we're eating with our eyes, we're eating with the aroma, the smell, and then the taste. We're surrounded by all these spices, and I see the sample set are six original blends. Right. My very first blend is my Italian traditions. And if you want to smell that one, it has very traditional Italian herbs in there. Mm, Very good. Yes, it does. Uh, So I would say my first original spice blend had to be the Italian traditions because of my background and my origin. But the six original spice blends are those are the ones that I started my business with. I didn't want to just start with one. So I got six and I kind of picked some different ones that people might like, like a barbecue one and a lemon pepper, some with a little bit of heat. So those are my six and those are the ones I highlight in my sample set. And that's when I started and I began selling at farmer's markets had great response at farmers markets did that for about four or five years and then started my store here so it's a big thing to open a store for spices the financial outlay is very high compared to a booth at the farmers market at what point were you sure that you could do that oh no i was not sure as you can ask most business people it's just jumping in and still having that uncertainty But it was something that I really loved doing and enjoyed. I just went for it. I wasn't sure when I started. And it was a great decision now looking back on it. Through the whole process, you're adapting and learning. I had never owned a business like this before, a brick and mortar. I believe if you're starting something for the right reason, usually it will turn out well. I didn't start it to make a lot of money. I didn't start it to be popular or whatever. I started it because I loved cooking. I liked working with people. I loved conversing and talking about the different flavors and finding out what other people do. And so it was really a core why I started it. And I figured, you know, if it works, awesome. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's okay. How long have you been here? In the store? I've been in my store this month. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Oh, wow. So you've been doing this for a while. Yes. Oh, great. Absolutely. You're listening to KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and I'm at the Paso Robles Spice Trader Spice of Life, where the spice purveyor, Lori Foster, described the origins of her spice trade. The store has dozens of individual spices from all over the world, but there are also Spice of Life blends. So Lori described what playing with food is like for a spice trader. The whole idea behind all my spices is for them to be versatile. So depending on what flavor profile you're going with, if you take chicken or vegetables or potatoes or eggs or whatever, do you want to go Mexican style or do you want to do some curries or do you want a barbecue flavor or more herb forward? That was my big thing too is because 
spices can be very intimidating for people and I don't know what to use on what and this is just for this and so I wanted to make it really approachable for people. Misty Bay or my Greek influence, I just let people know to experiment and have fun. Smell it, kind of see what comes in mind and we talk about different ideas and that's the great thing about cooking is to have fun. You order your spices, they come from afar, they arrive, then what do you do? What do you do in that kitchen? Well, first of all, as far as how I designed my kitchen, the kitchen is usually a central place where we all meet. Someone's cooking, someone's tasting, we're all talking and conversing. That's what I wanted here. And so that's why I have the big open areas and it's very easily accessible to the floor. So that was really important to me. As far as what goes on in there, I have all my spices in the back there. I'm the only one in the store that does the blending. I offer really healthy, delicious foods featuring my spice blends. We make teas. I've had classes in the past where I'm discovering spices, how to use them, and then teas. What quantities are you making these in? Usually I'm making them in probably maybe 10 pounds of a spice. That's pretty small amounts. So I try to keep everything in small amounts so I don't have spices and blends sitting around a long time. So it's all about freshness and vitality and vibrant flavors. When you are listening to people and all of those TV celebrity chefs, they say, don't keep your spices more than six months and then you throw them all out. <laughs> so from your perspective, you're on both sides of this, right? You would love for people to clean out their spice rack every six months and come back, right? But as a business owner, you may have to keep something longer than that. Right. I get a lot of people asking, how long do spices last? And I would say, first and foremost, it's how you're storing them. You want to store them in airtight glass jars. So if you have them in plastic or baggies, they're not going to last as long. They start to deteriorate a lot faster. So airtight glass jars kept away from heat and moisture. So that's going to preserve them a lot longer. Ground spices can last up to a year. Definitely. I haven't heard them say six months, but you can definitely keep them a year is fine if they're stored properly. And then the whole spices can last up to three years or longer. The thing is that it's not that they're gonna go bad where you're gonna get sick from them if you eat them, but they just start losing their vibrancy and their flavors and the oils. I get things in smaller amounts, so our turnover is pretty good as far as not keeping things longer than a year. Usually it's definitely not even close to that. But for people at home, you wanna store them properly and they'll last a year at the minimum. What's your most exotic spice? I have a couple that are really unique and different. People are really surprised that I have here. Some of my chilies are really unique and different. I have Aleppo chili and Urfa Biber, both from Turkey, and have a really unique flavor to them. So the Aleppo is this one here, and I have a little sample here that you can kind of smell. So that one has a nice, like mm. a medium heat, kind of a fruitiness to it that's really good. I'd love my house to smell like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, this isn't the right word, but musky. You know, when you smell some chili flakes, you either get the burn on the nose right away, like just regular chili flakes right. that we have in the cupboard. Yeah. And some of them have that kind of a sweet aroma, and this, this is more kind of like mature. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. I would, if I had to guess, I would say it's aged. It smells aged. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Smelling spices and experiencing. For one, it's great to kind of imagine what you could put it on or what it smells like. And then when you bring a spice or herb and someone smells it and it brings them right back 
I love that when someone goes, oh my gosh, that smells like my grandmother's <laughs> cookies or something like that. So those, and then I would say the the Urfa Bibera. Yeah, so this is going to be a rich, deep molasses, not molasses-y, but kind of a smoky, raisiny type of chili. They take the chili Ooh. and they leave it on the vine a little longer so it gets that rich, deep color. And then they sun dry it so it gets a really unique, it has a moisture in the chili. When you say raisiny, you can smell the raisiny right? in there. Yeah. 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 Fenugreek leaves is one that you don't find too often. Maybe you might find the seeds, but fenugreek leaves are a little more delicate. Adding those to vegetables adds a nice, bright, wonderful flavor. Chigaru, that's one that I just got in this week. This is a Korean chili, bright red color. It can range from mild to very hot. Ours is kind of middle and used a lot in kimchi and stews and salads and things like that. And then I would say smoked pepper. A lot of times you find smoked salt, but this is smoked peppercorns. Really unique and interesting to cook with. Wow. Smells like smoked pepper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pepper and smoke. So if someone wants to have that smoky flavor and not add all the salt, this is a great one. Those are kind of some of the unique things, I mean, I've got everything from the mushroom powders and lavender. and I saw the just... beet powder as well. Right. I've got the beet powder, which is great, using that in salad dressings or even in a frosting if you want to add the red color without having to put artificial dye into it. Stuff that makes your kids uh, go crazy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're listening to KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, learning about some of the more unique spices found at Paso Robles Spice Purveyor's Spice of Life. In just a moment, you will hear about the dozen or so different salts available, but then Lori dives deeper into playing with food and her spice blend development process. I have a whole wall of different salts from Himalayan salt to truffle salt. I've got a ghost pepper salt. Something that's really different over here would be the fumé de sel, a fleur de sel from France, and it's been smoked with Chardonnay oak French barrels. And so you get this wonderful, sweet, smoky, delicate flavor that's amazing. You've got, you know, 28 different salts here that came from all sorts of different places. Some of them are flavored, but still you've got an Australian sea salt and a Cypress flake sea salt, which probably taste very different from each other. Yeah, yeah. It's all really depending on where it's come from. Fleur de sel and the French gray salt, they don't have any flavors added to them but it's just the layers in the ocean that they're scraping to get the salt. And that even creates different minerals, different flavors, different colors. Well, like the Hawaiian sea salts, you've got two of them. One is black and it's black. It's yes. black salt. And then one is red and it's red. And right. the label says that they have trace minerals. So this is from the volcanic soil, which makes the black part. And then this is from the lava, really rich in iron. Do restaurants come in here and get bulk? Yes, definitely have restaurants and bartenders. Bartenders love coming in here for inspirations or creating their new menus and the restaurants and the chefs. So we do a lot of collaboration with restaurant owners, chefs, and bartenders. And so I love working with our local people. Let's go back to your spice blending. How do you come up with your recipes? I have in mind what I'm going for, whether I want a curry or I want a barbecue rub or something like that. So it has to start with the direction that I'm going with. And then I start playing with the spices. I make like six to 10 different versions, kind of going for the traditional spices that normally go in that particular spice, like say an Italian or 
herbs to Provence or something. And then I put my own twist on it, trying a little of this, a little of that. And it's all in the ratio of the spices in there that can make a huge difference. So I might have 10 different versions. I bring them home and start cooking with them. My husband and I will make like potatoes, which is very universal. Then we'll have numbers in front of each one and then we taste them and we talk about it. Oh yeah, this is good. Oh, this one could use a little pizzazz or yeah, this one's a little bit too this or something. So it takes about a month to kind of slowly work on it and refine it and get it down to where there's a couple of them and then to where there's that one that just is like, yes, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to put my label on. Creating the spice blends is really fun, but it definitely takes a while. I have customers that are coming in waiting for me to make a jerk spice blend, blackening spice blend. So those might be next on my list. So, you know, I've got the curries. I've got the taco fiesta, which is very traditional Mexican spices. I've got the five secrets that's very similar to Chinese five spice. So the star anise in there and the Szechuan. This is my curry. It's got the traditional cardamom and ginger and fenugreek in there. It's really fun coming up with different ones. And I try to balance my time because I do a lot of creating of different teas, flavor-wise and for medicinal benefits. I do a lot of research. You know, I look up the traditional spices and look up different chefs and what they're putting together. And then I kind of bring all that together and then try to think outside the box. What do I think would be really good in this blend that is not traditionally in there? Okay, let me tell you my spice blending process. Mm -hmm. You're going to be appalled. <laughs> no, because obviously you enjoy it. So, that's so awesome. um, very similar to that one, Emeril Lagasse has a couple spice rubs. He has them commercially, but he also has the recipes on his website. Right. And I found one that I like. What I do about once every 18 months, I go to the dollar store and I get a jar of each spice and I equate the jar to a tablespoon in the recipe. Okay. Right? So if it yeah. says one tablespoon of salt, two tablespoons of pepper, I get one jar of salt and two jars of pepper, three jars of paprika, whatever. Okay. And then I go home, mix them together, put them in airtight jars. And whenever I need to rub some chicken or rub some, it's what I do for my ribs. So that's what I do. Yeah. Well, that makes sense <laughs> as far as the proportions. I would just say sourcing the spices is really important because quality really makes a big difference. You know, I know you're shuddering. Whether the... <laughs> Yes, I went to the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, the spices, they can have things cut into them, fillers. They can be treated with radiation. And then the flavor. If they're a dollar, how old are the spices? How have they been stored? Where have they been stored? Most likely not in the best conditions. I would say that you'll enjoy spices better if you source them with that vibrancy and the high volatile oils that are in the spices. I have been to the Grand Bazaar. Have, have you seen pictures of the spices yes. of the Grand Bazaar? Those perfect Absolutely. little pyramids of spices. Yes. It's exactly like it is in the pictures. It was really amazing because you would see somebody get a scoop full of their spices in their bag and they would pay their money and they'd be on their way. And then the stall owner would go and reshape the pyramid. Oh, so yeah. it always looks like it does in the photographs. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. 
I would say for an American retail, this is like the Grand Bazaar of the Central Coast yeah. because you've got all your spices. There is the drama of the color that you can see with the, all of the different colored spices in the clear jars and immaculate display of the small jars of spices. This is as close as we would get to the Grand Bazaar. I mean, our health department wouldn't let us have the spices in right. barrels, open barrels right. outside. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. So. Yeah, hopefully one day I'll get there. I love spices, and I wish I knew more about blending. When I think about the development of an Indian curry with 15 different spices in it, it just blows my mind. But Lori is one of our resident experts who can help us with that. But more importantly, she gives us access to high-quality spices from around the globe right here on the Central Coast. But that's not all. Lori shares the most valuable aspect of playing with food. When I started my business, I did not realize where it was going to take me and the connection with people. And that is just priceless for me. It's super special. You can't put a lid on that kind of spice. This is KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food.